Well, hello there, and welcome to the County Conversation, a podcast featuring employees and subject matter experts from the Fairfax County government discussing programs, services, and items of interest to residents of Fairfax County. I'm your host, Jim Person. Now, this edition of the Conversation, we're talking with Jennifer Josiah. She is the Nonprofits and Places of Worship Coordinator with Land Development Services, and she's here to talk with us about nonprofits and places of worship, but specifically what they have to do with permitting here in Fairfax County. So, Jennifer, thanks for being with us on the conversation. Thank you for having me. Uh, places of worship and nonprofits and permitting. I'll be honest, those are three words or things that I didn't really think would go in a sentence that I'd be talking about. Why are we talking about it? Well, um, nonprofits, which places of worship are nonprofits, um, Uh so it all fits into that same category, um, in some cases require permits. um, And it's not just you know, uh, building permits, but it's also zoning permits and fire permits. There are all sorts of permits. So my job is kind of overarching. I'm located within land development services, but I partner with all the different land use agencies to make sure that nonprofits um, get all of the appropriate permits that they need in order to establish what's called their use as either a religious institution or some other type of um, community service. So I'm assuming since the county, you know what happens when you assume, but I'm, I'm going to do that. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming since the county has this position that you're filling, that there is indeed a lot of or a need for uh, this, you know, permitting when we're talking about nonprofits, houses of worship, et cetera. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's an interesting story. The uh, position was actually created by Sharon Bulova and Chairman Hanley back in 1999. Wow. Um, Supervisor Bulova recognized that there was a, a real issue with nonprofits and places of worship specifically trying to get through the development process. Mm. Uh, it's a complicated, long process. And she and her staff were really working hard to try and help guide people through it. And so they created the position in 1999. And it has sat, it has sat in different agencies okay. over time. Um, but it's now in land development services. And like I said, you know, I work and I partner with all of the other agencies. Um, so my job is kind of a project manager mm. and enhanced customer service. So, and I'm glad you brought that up again because I wanted to circle back, but I, I knew I'd probably forget it. I was over here <laughs> writing, writing myself a note. Um, I think that's kind of something interesting that maybe most folks, I, I know I didn't really think about it, the different types of permits and you can't, you can't really just go to one place and get them all? No, uh, no. It's, but, it's can a, I get, but can I go to you and get them all? Yes, absolutely. Okay. You can. Okay. Well, I'm not going to issue them, but okay. I'm going to help guide okay. people through. So right that they can, yeah, exactly. That's a huge hill. Yes, it is. It is. Especially since nonprofits tend to have not a lot of um, available funds. Mm. Um, so there are professionals out there who can provide this service, but um, you know, those types of Service groups don't have those funds to be able to hire those people. So that's what we provide. And oftentimes are led by volunteers as opposed to paid staff doing it on their own time out of the goodness of their own heart as well. Right, right. And they are absolutely experts in what they do, but they do not have the land use knowledge that I have. So I provide that expertise for them. Okay. Early on, you mentioned just a couple of the the types of permits that, that may have to be involved. Can I touch on that again for me a little bit? 
Yeah. So um, the development process starts with a concept. And so once you have a concept, you have to figure out how you fit into the zoning ordinance. So once we can determine that, we can decide whether or not you you can just go into a site and start development or if you need to go through a public hearing process in order to be approved. Mm-hmm. Um, so that could be the Board of Zoning Appeals or it could be the Board of Supervisors and Planning Commission. So it can help guide them through that process. There may even need to be a, a comprehensive plan amendment. Um, mm-hmm. So that's the guide for how the county will develop that's uh, put together by all of the community. Right. Um, and then once we get through that process, that's the zoning process, then they have to submit building plans mm-hmm. and have those permits issued and do the construction. They also have to have site work done, possibly, so site plan review as well. And that involves the fire marshal, that involves VDOT, and the, uh, which is Virginia Department of Transportation, and the Fairfax County Department of Transportation, possibly the health department. Um, it, and uh, <laughs> there's a lot of agencies involved. Um, and I'm probably forgetting one sure. right now. In some cases, it even d- involves uh, state agencies. Mm. So um, I am a liaison with all of those different agencies and okay. help. All right. So someone listening right now, let, let's bring them back from overwhelm. Yeah. Because they're, they're <laughs> like me. I'm going, oh, gosh, uh, is it really worth starting this nonprofit idea I have or, you know, maybe starting my, my house of worship or whatever? Yes, in the long run it is. I, I know that it is. What's step one? What should someone do? Step one. So this is actually something that Supervisor Bulova created, which is called a pre-application meeting. So what they do is they sit down with me for free and I pull in the appropriate um, staff from different agencies and we look at their concept plan and we tell them whether or not we see really big hurdles ahead of them. Um, And if so, they need to hire certain professionals to help deal with that. Um, Or if, you know, it's going to be a successful um, process. And so we'll tell them that and then they, they can move into a feasibility study. Okay. on their own to see whether or not they can afford it. Tips or a tip or something when someone's looking at, at starting a nonprofit slash house of worship, whatever, you know, is there something, ah, you really should consider this before you go too far down the road? You probably need more land than you realize. Mm. So um, we do have a lot of um, houses of worship who try and locate in houses. And huh. House of worship. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, because of the building code and the zoning code, it doesn't work out so well. Mm-hmm. Uh, they need a lot of land. We have requirements for vegetative buffers, uh, you know, trees and plantings along the edges of the property. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you have just a small, like, regular lot, like mm-hmm. my house is on, uh, that's not going to fit very well. Right. You're also going to need a parking lot. I was going to say parking was the first thing that mm-hmm. came to my mind. Yeah, parking is a big consideration. And places of worship can go into industrial and commercial spaces uh, without having to go through any of the public hearing processes, but they have to make sure they have enough parking and they have to make sure that they've consulted um, an architect, make sure that they have the right building code requirements in the space, Okay, which is another thing that holds people up. So maybe that's tip 1A or tip 2 is maybe look to those industrial commercial type Mm -hmm. spaces first as opposed to other land or or, or, ty- or neighborhoods especially. Right, right. Yeah. Um, there's probably a lot less um, conflicts in those mm-hmm. areas as well. And there, and I'm 
here again, assuming you're thinking those industrial type complexes would already have large parking lots and those type of things, or at least a lot of area for cars to park. They do, but they also tend to have a lot of other tenants within the space Mm -hmm. that they have to share the parking with. But the good thing is that a lot of these, at least the traditional uh, Western religions, tend to have their uh, services on Sundays mm-hmm. when, you know, the nail salon or, right. or um, you know, the office park is not functioning. Right. So right. there's something they can do called a shared parking agreement. Right. You clarified earlier that a house of worship, yes, is a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. But is there is there some differentiation or differing factors from just a nonprofit? Versus a nonprofit slash house of worship. I mean, is there anything in the zoning ordinance? There is. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's the zoning ordinance is all about use. It's it's how you okay. actually use your property. All right. All right. Um. So you know, places of worship are allowed throughout the the county. It's just sometimes they have requirements to make sure that they're going to be compatible with the neighborhood, and so that's why they have to go through a public hearing process to let the public have their input. Um, and to possibly, it's a word that we all use in, in um, industry, mitigate. Um, mm. But <laughs> right. <Probably laughs> not scare- everybody knows what that means. Right. So it uh, basically to reduce the amount of conflicts with the surrounding land uses okay. as much as possible. Right. Now, is that something every application or applicant has to go through, that public hearing? Not always. Okay. No, if they're... Okay. Yeah, if they're in a, a zoning district that allows it what's called by right, gotcha. then they don't have to go through that okay. process. So if I have this great idea for a nonprofit, say, and I want to, or a house of worship, and I want to put it somewhere that not by right or the zoning ordinance says I can go, that's when I have to go through a public hearing to yes. get essentially feedback from the neighborhood or community, if you will. Right, right. It involves feedback from the community, but it also involves feedback from all of the different agencies Mm, and the experts in those agencies. So they review the proposal to make sure that it meets their standards, first of all, and second of all, that it's going to be compatible with the community. We talked about houses of worship and not a great idea to put them in a, air quote, traditional house in a neighborhood. Um, any experience with anything like that? Any stories, anecdotes, anything you could tell? Yeah, yeah. Um, we have a lot of experience with that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, I guess. Yeah, unfortunately. And, you know, it's it's the Buddhist community, um, they're the way they're set up, their monks live where they worship and they take care of the space and there's beautiful flowers and, um, different meditation areas. Um, but unfortunately, for to have sleeping quarters next to an assembly space, which is where, you know, they'll have like a meditation mm-hmm. hall or something mm-hmm. like that, there's a lot of fire code requirements. You have to have a firewall. You may have to have a sprinkler system. And those are really expensive uh, to retrofit a house, yeah, a regular house, house with most that. Most houses don't have sprinklers. No, they, they don't. don't. Yeah. Uh, not here. They do in some states, but not here. So... Um, that makes it really difficult, you know. Some some Buddhist uh, temples have been able to achieve it, but most have not, and so they need to find different space. Unfortunately, uh, some have compromised and had a kind of like a parsonage on the property, right. and then also had a worship space that are separated. Okay, detached mm-hmm. uh, buildings from each other. What, what about a basement? Is that okay or better? Or? I, 
doesn't really matter. But if they are having uh, services down there, they have to comply with the uh, um, Americans with Disabilities Act. So yeah. there may be a need for some type of like elevator or something. Or like secondary that. entrance. Yeah. Maybe that- right. Ground level entrance. That's okay. That's accessible with, you know, ramps and things. Okay. Mm-hmm. Lots of things to consider, and that's the reason we're talking with Jennifer Josiah. She is a nonprofit and places of worship coordinator with Land Development Services to kind of shed some light on all these things that uh, nonprofits and houses of worship should uh, maybe consider, think about before they, they start down this road, not that uh, the county is trying to dampen their um, their efforts to build oh, absolutely uh, their, their service or, or whatever. but. Uh, to make sure that it, uh, I'm, a, uh, I'm, I'm thinking, can get it done in a more efficient kind of manner. That's the goal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we hope it's the, we hope it's accomplished, but that's the goal. Yeah. And that's the reason you said you kind of help coordinate with a lot of the other agencies that like fire and something like some of the state agencies and those mm-hmm. kind of things that might have some requirements, et cetera, because, <clears throat> you know, I've... I've never built a house. I've always bought pre-owned, mm-hmm. so I've never had to, you know, do anything with building permits or those type of things. But I know for me, and I'm sure for a lot of folks, just the thought of having to go to the government to get just a building permit is kind of overwhelming. It, you know. Yeah, and in the case of a, a place of worship or a nonprofit, it's a commercial enterprise, um, oh, so right. it differs in the building code. They have to. They have to have a commercial building permit, which is a lot more complicated than a residential one. Oh gosh! Well, yeah. <laughs> so that's See, I, didn't, they, I didn't know that. I didn't think about that. Yeah. So they need to hire architects, um, and, you know, licensed uh, regi- registered design professionals. Yeah. So we talked about step one earlier. You know, coming to you to kind of maybe set that preliminary meeting and mm-hmm. kind of see what you have. Should they have those kind of uh, building plans and thoughts uh, done before that meeting, or is it just something that first meeting can kind of outline what they need to be thinking about what they should do? Right, right. That's at the concept stage. Um, okay. And we try and do that before they've spent a lot of money or any money on the project so far, right. so that we don't want them to spend money that, you know, they desperately need. Um, if it's not going to be a go, right. you know, so who sometimes we find. You know, there's not a lot of land left in Fairfax County. (laughs) So if it's available, there's probably something that may be an issue on it, like floodplain or um, poor soils or something like that Mm. that you need to take into consideration. So we really prefer that they come to us before they put that, you know, contract on on the land so that we can tell them whether it's going to work or not. Right. Is there a lot of turnover with House of Worship property? In other words, I'm thinking, seems like it'd be really good just to buy a church that, for lack of better wording, went out of business or moved to a bigger location, just buy that property because it's already zoned or deemed appropriate for that type of use. But yeah, I'm assuming not a lot of Houses of Worship again use a business term, go under or <laughs> you know get, get bigger spaces. So. It does happen occasionally, and I highly recommend, I do recommend this to my customers, that, you know, if they are looking and they, they don't want to go through the entire really complicated process, find one that's for sale. Yeah, absolutely. 
um, they would have to go through a public hearing process in most cases in order to change the name of it. Okay. Uh, but that's a okay. relatively simple one. Um, but yeah, it, it is, it is something that's good. But a lot of churches also rent out space because they're not using it, you know, all the time. So they'll rent it out to multiple other churches on, you know, Friday nights or on Saturday mornings to mm-hmm. have their services. So sometimes a church will have three or four different um, churches actually operating out of it. It may not be a savings in the long term, but renting space for your initial house of worship, um, say in a strip center or mm-hmm. mall type environment, is that going to be an easier type uh, process from the from the permitting side, from the legal side? Doesn't make a difference to us. Okay. We don't we don't distinguish between renting or owning the property. Okay. It does help them know uh, in that they can grow their po- their congregation that way, so they don't have to make a huge investment, um, and they can grow their congregation. And when they get that pod of you know money, mm-hmm. that they can then go build. On other right. property, money and or land and or building, they right? Want to go to so yeah. Right. If they if they want to start something, maybe the the renting is is the way to go to yeah. to build up all the assets and the stuff. But as you said, again, still some permitting type things that have to be done. Absolutely, but but easier. No, okay. <laughs> still the same process. Yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah. Um, this may be a sensitive question, but I'm thinking with. All the different types of religions there are in Fairfax County, um, has that been challenging for you in in your position? Um, So I grew up overseas, so um, I have a really kind of diverse background Mm -hmm. and uh, have experienced a lot of different types of uh, religious activities over my lifetime. So um, one of the things that does tend to um, be a little bit of a, an issue is a language barrier. Um, but we mm-hmm. have wonderful translation services that we um, that I utilize here mm-hmm. in Fairfax County when I'm talking with uh, a different group. Um, I've, I have a flyer, not that we necessarily do paper flyers anymore, <laughs> right. but it's on my website. Uh, I do have a flyer that we have converted into multiple languages, the, the languages primarily that I deal with, which are um, Vietnamese, um, Amharic, Korean, and Spanish. Great opportunity to plug the website uh, for more information, telephone number, email address, anything you want to share where folks can learn more. Yeah, I do have my own website, and the website actually has a meeting request form on it. You can just fill it out, and it goes directly to me, and I will schedule a meeting with you. Um, All you need to do is go to fairfaxcounty.gov, and then in the search box, put in nonprofit assistance. My website will come right up. Oh, wow. Um, and the phone number, if you ever need to reach me, it's a direct number. Write to me, 703-324-3013. And then my uh, email address, which is um, my name. It's jennifer.josiah, J-O-S-I-A-H, at fairfaxcounty.gov. So, again, the, the website, fairfaxcounty.gov, and uh, search bar nonprofit assistance, mm-hmm. and the uh, page will come up. Or if they uh, want to speak with you, 703-324-3013. Correct. Did I get that right? Yes. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Last couple of minutes, Jennifer, as we're, we're talking about this, um, so it's a complicated topic. I mean, there are some, you know, complications maybe going through it, but we're trying to, trying to simplify that. Anything 
that I've really forgotten to ask or didn't know to ask that you want to kind of maybe kind of end up with it? Well, one of the great things about this position is I get to kind of look over all the processes. Mm. And so I get to see where maybe things aren't working as efficiently as they could. Um, So that's a part of my job, too, is process improvement. So um, it's it's nice, you know, to have someone who uh, has background in all those different land use um, areas to be able to see where maybe we have a bottleneck, something like that. Um, So there's that. Um, And uh, I think we actually hit everything else. One one thing I was thinking about as you were saying that, and I don't know if I asked it or we we touched on it, um, timetable, timeline. I know no two projects are alike, but you know, general broad planning purposes. I, I have ooh, light bulb moment idea. Mm-hmm. Am I looking at six months, six years? I mean, is there any ballpark? So if a uh, if a nonprofit is really excited, has the money, and is ready to go on a project and is responsive, um, then they can go from vacant land to actually operation and occupancy. I would say in three years. Okay. Um, if they're going into an already built space, mm-hmm. I would say it's probably closer to maybe eight months. Okay. If they don't have to, um, don't have to build go through facility. a public hearing process. Okay. Yeah. All right. Not only the public hearing process, but also just just building something if they can. Right. 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 Yeah. If it's already if it's Sounds already like built, that's a uh, almost two years out of that that process. So yeah. Yeah, one of the things that places of worship end up um, wanting to do is put in preschools or childcare centers, and that's mm. also a um, it's a little bit of a, an issue because they have to have the building code requirements. Um, they have to get licensing from Department of Social Services or Department of Education, and um, there are all these requirements that they don't realize. So that can right. be a little bit difficult as wow. well. Okay, and that depends on the age of the child too, because the building code has different requirements for right. different ages. Okay, yeah. but again, that's the reason you're you're here. Absolutely, to help answer questions, and then go to FairfaxCounty.gov and search nonprofit assistance, or pick up the phone and call you if they mm-hmm. want seven zero three three two four three one one three zero one three three zero one three. Um, final final thought to to end us with. Um, I know when we were talking before we started recording, we wanted to make sure that we brought out that you in this position and land development services is, is really here to help and not be a barrier in this process. So I want to make sure we kind of hit that up again. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we are all um, very appreciative of the services that the nonprofits provide to the county and to the residents, and we want to support them as much as we possibly can. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm here. Yeah. Okay. Jennifer Josiah, the uh, Nonprofits and Places of Worship Coordinator with Land Development Services. Thanks for an interesting and uh, educational conversation. And uh, it sounds like you uh, definitely stay busy doing your <laughs> yes. job. Thank you for having me. Absolutely glad to have you here. Uh, if you want to get more Fairfax County news and event information, you can go to fairfaxcounty.gov slash news or call 703-Fairfax. That's 703 703- Three two four seven three two nine, and that's weekdays between 8 a.m. and 4.30 p.m. I want to thank you for joining us here on the County Conversation, which is produced by the Fairfax County, Virginia Government.